this on? We good? Okay. Psalm 63. A little bit of background to this. As an RA out at West Coast, um, I'm responsible for picking a theme for the dorm every year. And um, past few weeks, been thinking about next semester, um, starting in the fall, what the theme was going to be. This last one I had was uh, 1 Corinthians 5.17. Um, it was called it Renovation. So this year, I was looking in Psalm one day, reading and saw Psalm 63, verse 1. And so I titled my theme for this next year, Devotion. So that's what's going to be leading Lawrence Hall, hopefully this next year for um, our dorm theme. But I kind of wanted to give you guys a glimpse of what I'm going to give my guys in a few months when I go back. So Psalm 63, we're going to study the first eight verses. And um, if you studied this uh, psalm at all, David is on the run. He's in the wilderness of Jerusalem or of, Ju- of Judah, and um, he's desperate. He doesn't have a country. He's on the run from Saul. It's kind of a hopeless situation, but it's kind of a neat psalm when you start reading it, especially when it starts in verse 1. And summer for most people, I know it is for me, our priorities kind of shift during the summer. If you have kids, it kind of shifts. They're no longer in school. You've got to care for them a little bit more. They're not gone 8 to 3 every day. So there comes a little more responsibility there. Um, summer is kind of time where you plan your family vacations. You decide what are we going to do as a family you plan getaways, your holidays, and just general days off. And we tend to put a lot of time on hold, put a lot of things on hold during the summer. And there are a few priorities that we should never put on hold. I know as a college student getting out, I put a lot of stuff on hold. I don't wake up at 6 o'clock every morning when I'm back home. So sleep has become a new priority that I've taken off hold. And then work. I'm not working the same job that I worked back at school. I put that on hold. The dorm life, thankfully, I put that on hold for a few months. But like I said, in this passage, there's a few priorities that we should never put on hold. Verse 1 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth after thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. The first priority I see is a priority to search. And guys, we need to have a passion to search God's word every day. I'm kind of preaching the choir today. I, know, I realize that. But we tend to take the word of God for granted, I feel like. We as Christians look at it as something we have to do, almost a duty that we need to uphold every day. It's something we bring to church, we read every day as a duty. But guys, the, word, the little phrase, early will I seek thee, carries the idea that you are constantly searching You are diligent in searching. You are consistent in your walk with God in searching his word every day. So question, does your spouse or children know when you read the Bible? I remember waking up, I was was usually one of the first kids up. Um, Tyler and Kareth are not morning people. I somewhat am. I've kind of changed from that recently. But I remember waking up in the morning and going upstairs to seeing mom reading her Bible every morning. She was always the first one up. She'd be sitting in her chair, lamp on, reading her Bible every morning. Then she'd watch TLC for a little bit after she was done. But I also remember going to grandparents' house. Um, those of you guys know whom, who know my mom's grandparents, uh, my mom's parents, Bob and Sherry, I remember waking up in the morning when I was at their house, walking into the living room, and they sat by their um, fireplace every day, and they'd hold hands while reading the Bible. Saw it every morning. 
And just from a kid, it's been ingrained in my head. Dad always had his Bible reading here. He never really had it at home because kids are loud and he needed to concentrate. So I know he had it here. And so early while I seek thee carries the idea of diligence. Thirsteth and longeth, as we see, they carry the idea that you have a desire to search for God. We ought to look at Bible reading as more than just duty. It needs to be out of a sincere desire to search for what God has for you. Bible college, they say, is one of the best, ways, best places to backslide. The Bible becomes a textbook. You're reading stuff for a class. You're reading stuff to appease a professor. And it's so true that we can get to that point. We read something to maybe appease the pastor, appease a Sunday school teacher, or maybe to appease a spouse. But we have to be desperate, as David was, to search for God. He looked at God's presence as the water he needed to survive, the food he needed to survive. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Why would we not want to search for that? We see our priority search leads us secondly to a priority to know. Verse 2, it says, To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. In this verse, David didn't want the sanctuary. He wanted the God of the sanctuary. We need to search for God more than just in our church. He needs to be personal to us. That first phrase, O God, thou art my God. If you believe that attending church when the door is open is enough for your spiritual walk, then I'm sorry you're not going to grow as a Christian. If you decide I'm only going to eat at church fellowships, you're not going to eat any other time. You're only going to eat at church fellowships. You're probably going to starve. So why do we only get spiritually fed when we go to church? Why do we only come Sunday and Wednesday and consider that good enough for our week? Spiritual food has to, be, has to be looked at every day, has to be eaten every day. The sanctuary they speak of also carries the idea of holiness. And if we are to know God, we've got to be holy. We cannot live lives as dirty Christians and expect God to be pleased. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So we see first a priority search leads us to a priority to know which should cause us to have a priority to remember. Verse 3, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. In verse 3, we see, a, we, see we need to remember his goodness. Nahum 1.7, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust him. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We could probably go around the room and be here the rest of the night just talking about the things God has been good to us about. 
whether it be our family, whether it be our church, whether it be finances, whether it be his provision, we could go on and on and on for hours on what God's been good. And we need to remember his goodness. But verse four, we need to remember our purpose. This phrase, bless thee while I live, carries the same connotation as Philippians 1.21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Our purpose as Christians needs to be to glorify God and to show Christ to the world. Everything that we do should be doing one of those things. The people you work with should know that you're a Christian. This one was convicting. The people at Walmart should know that we're a Christian. We are a mirror of Christ. Every day we live, we live with an image of Christ. Are people going to see a good image in your life? So remember his goodness. Remember your purpose. Verse 5, remember his provision. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in Christ, in glory by Christ Jesus. I can't count on both hands how many times I've been at school and some will come up and are like, I don't have the money for that right now. I can't afford that. I, I, this needs to happen, but I just don't have the money for it. So I pray and say, God, you need, you need to provide this. You need to, we need this. I, I know I need this for school and God, you need to provide this for me. And like I said, I can't count on both hands going to my mailbox, opening it up, pulling out a card from someone in the church with a little bit of money in there. Just that little bit shows me that God does provide. Story, last fall in the dorm, had a pair of shoes that went bad, a whole ripped in a I can't remember what happened, but they were ruined. And I was like, this is my pair of shoes I wore for everything besides classes. I mean, it's either, it was either these or dress shoes. So now I'm just down to my black dress shoes, which aren't good for everyday wear. I prayed, I said, God, I need shoes. I don't know how we're going to do this, but I need shoes. Not a few hours later, I was sitting in the dorm lobby. I was reading, and a guy walks in with a pair of shoes and says, what size are you? I told him my size. He said, these might fit you. Like I ordered them. They don't fit me. You have them if they fit. That fast. Something little but ingrained in my head that God provides even with the small things. So remember his goodness. Remember your purpose. Remember his provision. And verse 6 through 8, it says, remember to stay close. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. You know, if we're thinking about God throughout most of the days, if we're thinking about Christ, we probably won't mess up as much. Because thou hast been my help, therefore I, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Remember, he's helped you. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Stick close to God. I had a pastor tell me a, year, a few years ago at a school, tells me, Thane, keep short accounts of, of sin with God. He says you'll live your life a whole lot better. If you mess up, confess it right there. Ask for forgiveness, but then he said, move on. There's no point in dwelling with it. Remember to stay close. Meditate on his word throughout the day. Keep a short account and remember his goodness. So how is your relationship with God currently? Are you as desperate as you see David is in verse 1? Are you as desperate to wake up every morning and realize, I need this. I need this before I move on. Are you doing it out of duty or is it out of devotion? Are you looking at your Bible reading as something you have to do or is it something you, you need to do? Are you striving to search and know God more? 
And do people in your life know that you are a Christian? Our priorities this summer might change a little bit. We might take a day off. We might take a vacation with our family. We might spend a night out on a date. But our priority, our primary priority this summer is knowing God and making God known. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this short time we had, Lord. I pray that you use your word, Lord. I pray that it's a help to someone tonight. Lord, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for loving us and dying for us. It's your name we pray. Amen.